This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, you're listening to AutoCorrect. Helping you correct your auto problems, our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good today. I'm a little sprightly. It's probably because I had a little coffee, but... Well, you know, the weather's changed. We were cold. We were in a storm. Now we're in perfect perfect weather. weather. Yeah, perfect weather. That's right. That's what I call this. Now all we need is a little snow for Christmas. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, according to the forecast, we're not going to get any. None this month, you think? None this month. None this month. Not for Christmas. Not for Christmas. It's always like we get it for St. Patrick's Day now. Right, (laughs) right. It's never in December or January. It's always in March. Yeah, they don't have songs about <laughs> Christmas or snow in March, do they? No. It's all about Christmas snow time and no. whatnot. They don't write songs for that. No, but listen, we're still here right before Christmas, though, in December, Coach. And guess what we're talking about today? Well, you know, uh, it was in the news last week talking about scams, mm-hmm. talking about odometer scams, mm-hmm. and talking about these different type of scams on automobiles, there's so many of them out there. you got to be very careful. And that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about today. Yeah, odometer fraud. And, Coach, for seven days, I have practiced this word, odometer. And now it is natural to me. You and I feel very smooth saying it. <laughs> you didn't do a very good job last week. Thanks, Coach. But you got it now. <laughs> You know, takes practice. It did. That's right. It took a lot, and I, I practiced, but I'm here today. But you know I've got a definition. Yes. So let me get this out. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, odometer fraud, also referred to as busting miles in the United States or clocking in the U.K., Ireland, and Canada, is the illegal practice of rolling back odometers to make it appear that vehicles have lower mileage than they actually do. Odometer fraud occurs when the seller of a vehicle falsely represents the actual mileage of a vehicle to the buyer. Now, according to the Office of Odometer Fraud Investigation at the U.S. Department of Transportation, this fraud is a serious crime and important consumer fraud issue. Now, the NHTSA's 2002 automated, oh, there we go, odometer, I knew I was going to do it. Count those, okay, Abram? You're going to count them? Uh, I've got a little something for you right here, real quick. Thanks. Right right now? Yeah, yeah, Okay, do it, do it right now. Odometer. Thanks. Odometer fraud study. <laughs> Babel. <laughs> right, the NHTSA <laughs> determined that 450, just do that every now and again, that 450,000 vehicles were sold each year with false odometer readings, resulting in a cost of over $1 billion annually to car buyers in the U.S. So that's what's happening. So we think about odometers being rolled back. Can manufacturers do it? Yes. Okay. 
But is it illegal? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we just said that they can do it. Yeah. But it's illegal for them to do it. But right. there's so many uh, unscrupulous type dealers out there. It may not. It could be the dealer. Could be used car lots. You know, when we had the analog odometers, they were easy. You could just roll them back. Now you have to have a special tool to roll them back because they're digital. Yeah. So yeah, they do it all the time. And really, what you're thinking about, you're talking about millions and billions of dollars being lost by the consumer. If you think about warranties, you know, somebody says, well, you still got manufactured warranty. Well, you rolled it back 12,000 miles. No, you don't have to, uh, a manufacturer's warranty. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. But you're uh, telling the consumer they do because they're looking at the mileage on the vehicle. Yeah. Okay. Now, there are ways to detect odometer scams. Okay. okay. The first thing is if you have a vehicle that has 40,000 miles on it and mm-hmm. six, seven years old. Well, that's not really realistic. You know, grandma that's just didn't drive like. it back that's and what forth. I feel. That's what I was going to ask, too, because some of those cars do not come from dealerships. Right. They just come from a regular person selling their vehicle. Right. Well, how many times, do you, how many people do you see that has a seven or eight year old car with 30,000 miles on it? That's not very realistic. So what you do and how to spot some of this is look at the gas pedal and the brake pedal. You know, if that has a lot of wear on that brake pedal, well, you know that that vehicle has been has a lot of miles on it. Okay. Look at the steering wheel and look how much mileage it looks like on the steering wheel, even where you shift the gears in it, okay. especially if it's a standard. You know, you can tell real easy. But then look over the overall appearance of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Look at that inside. Look at the carpet. You can really tell if it's been rolled back. And there are other ways that you can tell, especially on an analog. You can tell if the numbers just don't line up correctly. Okay. Uh, like they're not, they're not in, all in one R- row. row. Okay. Not right. They're not lined up correctly. Okay. And now the digital, what they could do, there's different ways that you can change a odometer. You could freeze it. Okay. Dealerships can just make it stop working. So if it stops working, that means that you can drive the vehicle and it's not. It's registering. never going to register, right? Okay. okay. You could um, once you could freeze it. You could even change out the clusters. Okay, and when I say change out a cluster, that's the whole thing that has the speedometer, the odometer, the gauges. You can get one of those in a junkyard, and it'll have different mileage. Uh huh. You could put that in there, right? Okay. Now your mileage will be different. So you're always looking for, if you're going to do something like that, you'd always look for a lower mileage odometer uh, cluster. Okay. Okay. People do that all the time. You know, you need to look at the uh, title. Okay. And that's another thing. Looking at the title and make sure that title's not been messed with Mm -hmm. and it has the correct odometer reading on it. Because when you buy a vehicle, you're supposed to put the odometer reading on that uh, title. Okay. Well, some people whitewash the title. And they change the odometer. They'll put a one instead of a two. Yeah. Not on purpose sometimes, but some people do it on purpose. Yeah. The so, one and the two are so close. Right. So you <laughs> want to make sure that you uh, look at that title yeah. of that vehicle if you're buying because that will give you a telltale sign if that odometer has been changed. Right. Right. You know, and then you can do Carfax. Carfax itself, uh, the dealer or whoever owns the vehicle, if they're going through Carfax, they will – put the mileage, they will do all that. But Carfax themselves, they do a little searching on it Mm -hmm. and they can look for potential uh, odometer fraud. Okay. I was going to ask you, have you ever um, 
come upon a vehicle with odometer fraud? Oh, yeah. You And you've worked on one or possibly seen one. Oh, yeah. You can usually spot them. And that's what I'm saying. You can usually spot them. Uh, a good shop, a good technician can spot if it has odometer fraud, if it's been rolled back. Okay. You know, and really it's just, once again, how the vehicle is, how it operates. You know, if you've got a lot of maintenance that's being done to a vehicle that has low mileage on it, well, something's wrong. Right. You know, Grandma just didn't drive to church in the grocery store back uh, once a week. Right. I've seen so many of those, though, where, well, especially in my family, because we have a tendency to buy old schools a lot. Right. And my dad had bought, well, had been gifted one from somebody, and it was low mileage as well. It was like a Lincoln um, town car, but that Lincoln town car was old. I mean, it was like late 80s, and it still only had maybe 30,000, 40,000 miles on it. Well, now you will find some out there, but like I say, it's few and far in between, especially if a teenager's been driving it and it's a one family car. Yeah. You know, it's, it has some miles it's on it. It's got some miles on it. Okay. Okay. And do you think regular consumers could be doing this to try to offload a vehicle that they don't want anymore? So maybe you call in an expert, listen, I need a couple miles rolled back. That way I can sell it. I mean, you, 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 would, you would think the, the dealerships or the, the manufacturers would be the ones to scam you, but this could actually happen, like I say, from just somebody who's oh, yeah. regular. This is just happening on side of the road, uh, dealers, uh, not dealers, but uh, car lots and all. Yeah. And, uh, could be somebody from a dealership or an uh, auto, auto uh lot that is maybe curving the vehicle and what I mean by curving they take and bring the vehicle out somewhere and have it sitting on the side of the road in a different location really they own a lot but they're taking the vehicle and they're taking it somewhere else Mm. to sell it like they don't own a lot and like it's from an individual oh coach give us Uh, the secret and that's called curving you know and so people do that all the time Uh, they may have five or six different vehicles and really they get over from the uh, state because they're supposed to have a license, mm-hmm. and really what they're doing, they're taking these vehicles, they're putting them somewhere else, like it's not coming from a dealer, and they're saying it's coming from an individual. Okay, we're going to get into some more frauds aside from odometer yes. fraud, but we want to talk about all of that. We're going to go to the phone lines real fast, okay. though, Coach. We've got Bill in Oxford on the line. Bill has a 2015 Nissan and an oil change invoice comment in question. Bill, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi, good morning. Really enjoy your show. Um, two questions. One, there was a 2015 that Nissan Rogue has got like 212,000 miles on it, and it's never had the uh, serpentine or drive belt changed. And I'm just wondering if that should be changed out just for preventative maintenance, keep from getting out on the road and it breaking or something. Yeah, does that have a chain or does it have a belt? Uh, I think it has a belt, but I'm not sure. Okay, the, really, the maintenance on those belts are about a hundred thousand miles now. Uh, they yeah, put it. They yeah. put. They put a different type of belt in there. They used to be had to be changed uh, uh, more often, but they put a different type of belt that would go to a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand miles in there. Uh, if that is a interference engine, yeah, you need to go ahead and get that belt changed because what's going to happen if the belt so happens to break and it will destroy the engine if it's an interference engine. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got 212,000 miles on it, so it's way overdue then. Yeah, I'd go ahead and change that. Yeah. My second question was, uh, in another vehicle, uh, I got an oil change and some other stuff a couple of days ago, and I was looking at the invoice, and at the end, it it said, at $26 for shock charge. And so I said, well, uh, 
Well, I asked the guy, so what is this for? And he said, well, you know, it's for uh, rags and stuff we use. And I'm thinking, I'm paying $26 for rags? Could there be anything else in, in, involved? They talk about scams. Anything else involved is mm-hmm. not buying rags? Well, that is a scam. Really what they're doing, uh, if you're getting maintenance done to it, a lot of shops will add a percentage to that invoice, and they say it's to cover their shop fees and all. Well, my way is is that you don't charge somebody for rags. Uh, you don't charge somebody for oil dry. You charge them what it's going to cost to fix their vehicle, and you've already added that into the invoice, into your pricing before uh, you do the invoice. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't make a separate line for it. If anything, if I had shop supplies, I would add that into the invoice already in the price of what I was charging you. Yeah, and not uh, itemize it. Not itemize and say, well, you're paying $26 for shop fees. But there are some people that do that. And But I would make them show me exactly what shop what shop uh, fees or what they're using on my vehicle. Because if you say you're paying $26 for rags, well... Where's the $26 worth of rags I use? I want to look at them. For yeah, each car, to, too. If I, if, I, if I bought them, I'm going to take the rags home with me. Right. Well, that's, well, that's what I, well, that's what I'm saying. If you bought $26 worth of rags, I'd take them home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me tell you a quick story. When I was in high school, um, I, I went out with a, a guy whose father gave him uh, five miles on the car. That's it. That's how, So he wouldn't be driving around and joyriding and stuff. So we always put more than five miles on. What we would do is we'd go to a parking lot and and put it in reverse and back the miles off. <laughs> well, you, you know, uh, you, you used to be able to do that. You could, matter of fact, you could undo the uh, speedometer cable underneath the vehicle and you could put a drill in there and you could just run it back. Coach. You know, uh, you, you could do that, yeah, and it was very yeah. easy. But once again, hey, we know that's illegal. <laughs> not, they, they were trying to not get in trouble. Yeah, not, hey, I'm saying, not saying we haven't done things like that <laughs> when we were younger, but once again, it is illegal. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- thank you so much. I enjoyed Bill, thank we you so enjoyed much. you. Thanks for your call. Merry but, Christmas. Yeah, Bill. Merry Christmas to you. That That's funny. <laughs> We're just trying to not get in trouble. That's right. You know, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of, of uh, what is that? Filler. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah when, he, when he had that car back there and he had it up on jack stands and he was over here trying to get, oh, that, trying uh, to get the mileage get off. Get the miles back, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't get in trouble with his dad. <laughs> it went to disaster trying to do that, Oh, right. he ran it off the, the cliff. It went off the, the, yeah, it ends up in the lake behind the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great movie. Love that movie. Wonderful movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is funny. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about O'Donnell fraud is your car under recall i'll tell you how you can find out next you're listening to autocorrect with coach charlie melton i'm jermaine flood if you want even more autocorrect find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with a replay saturdays at 11 a.m all right here's a recent recall not a lot of them just one of them today and Drum roll, please. There's not one. Tesla has recalled over 2 million cars equipped with autopilot. And if you want to know what that includes, that includes just about every Tesla that's, that's out there. That's a big recall. 
Yes. One, but it's a huge recall. It's just one recall, but still, two million? Yep. It just dropped yesterday. The news just dropped yesterday. So listen to this. This is just about every single Tesla that's out there. Tesla's recalling those two million vehicles equipped with its autopilot feature because of what the NHTSA um, deems controls insufficient to prevent misuse. Again, I'm going to say that controls basically that are insufficient to prevent misuse. The recall applies to model year 2012 to 2023. <laughs> Do you hear the, the, That's the all year range? Tests. Yes. 2012 to 2023 Model S sedans, 2016 to 2023 Model X SUVs. 2017 to 2023 Model 3 sedans and 2020 to 2023 Model Y SUVs equipped with autopilot. Now, for applicable Tesla models, the lane centering feature of autopilot called auto steer is the chief issue. Now, according to the NHTSA, in certain circumstances, when auto steer is engaged, the prominence and scope of the features controls may not be sufficient to prevent to prevent driver misuse of the SAE Level 2 Advanced Driver Assistant feature. This can lead to an increased risk of a crash when drivers aren't prepared to intervene because they don't pay adequate attention to road conditions, auto steer's behavior, or if autopilot or auto steer remain engaged. Coach, tell me what I just said. Okay, so what you just said... Is that the auto steer, and you'll see that on a lot of other vehicles, too, as auto steer, what it is, they just don't let you take your hands off of it completely. Okay. For a time being, they'll let you take your hands off of it. You see General Motors clapping their hands and letting the vehicle drive on its own. Yeah. But it's just for a little while. Okay. Okay. And then a warning comes on, says you got to put your hands back on it. Here is that there's no warning. It just keeps going, and you are not paying attention because you're not Mm -hmm. having to control it. Mm-hmm. You know, so most cars out there today have something that's going to have make you put your hands back on the steering wheel to make sure that you're in control of that vehicle. Okay. That's okay. exactly what it is. Okay. And uh, Tesla uh, does not have that or their warning systems are not working. You know, so they'll have to figure out what exactly. I'm sure it's in the software. Right. They did say something about this a little further down. Per Tesla's various owner manuals, auto steer is only meant to be used on controlled access highways. That is a highway with a physical median and no cross traffic. Right. Okay. So here's the fix. The fix may be easy. It sounds easy. It's just a lot of them. A lot of them to me, and that's right. a lot of cars. It's, it's just a lot of them. So rather than a recall that requires taking a vehicle to a dealership for a physical repair, Tesla will issue a free over-the-air update to the software or affected vehicles that will incorporate additional controls and alerts to those already existing on affected vehicles to further encourage the driver to adhere to their continuous driving responsibility whenever auto steers engaged, which includes keeping their hands on the steering wheel and paying attention to the roadway. Excuse me. And depending upon vehicle hardware, additional controls include increasing the prominence of visual alerts on the user interface, simplifying engagement and disengagement of auto steer, additional checks upon engaging auto steer, and while using the feature outside control access highways, and when approaching traffic controls and suspension from auto steer use, if the driver repeatedly fails to demonstrate sufficient driving responsibility while the feature is engaged. I just, 
It just sounds so confusing to me. Um, but I don't drive a, 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 you know, an automatic car. Tesla will send owner notification letters by February 10th. But according to NHTSA, the over-the-air update began going out December 12th with software version 2023.44.30. They want your hands on the steering wheel. You can take them <laughs> off for a little bit, but it's not very far. My, my wife's Honda, you can take it off. It's auto steer. It'll go straight down the road. I've, no, I've noticed it. It'll turn that curve, but in just a few minutes, that's going to come right back on and says, hey, grab that steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. So not a full pilot. You don't have a full autopilot. Yeah, they're not autonomous. They're not just completely autonomous vehicles. They're going to make you put your hands back on that steering wheel. Okay. And that's the problem they're having right now. That's why I'm saying it's a software issue. Uh, Maybe the alert's not coming on. Maybe it's driving too far before it tells you to put your hands back on it. Because, you know, you got to pay attention. It's not that you're back there in the back seat sleeping. I feel like, you know, he kind of got everybody, meaning everybody hype about and meaning him, Elon Musk, um, when it came down to Tesla's. And I think everybody was thinking autonomous, like you were saying, where these vehicles are going to drive themselves. And so it I mean, it created so many spinoffs. Domino's is trying to deliver pizzas this way. And now with this being unearthed and I guess kind of changed, autonomous is not is, is not perfected yet right there's just there's so many things going in on these vehicles today and the technology and the like i said it's doing a software uh fix over the airways you know people get in there and they hack the vehicles and it's just it's not just tesla it's any uh, vehicle that has all this different hardware and software in it okay so what's next is what they're saying based on the recall notice and nhtsa's apparent lack of will to enforce such things, it doesn't appear that Tesla will be required to implement hard limits on where and when auto steer or autopilot can be activated, which leaves the door open to further potential misuse by drivers. The recall also doesn't impact the more advanced and more expensive full self-driving feature, which enables auto steer on city streets, a feature meant to navigate surface streets and intersections. Right. So that's that. You can find out if your car is a past recall by going to the NHTSA's website. That's NHTSA.gov forward slash recalls and inputting your VIN or you can find their Safer Car app. We're talking about odometer fraud and we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Before we get back to our topic at hand, Coach, let's head to the phone lines. We've got Rob in Vicksburg on the line. He's got a headlight problem. Rob, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hi, Coach. I appreciate your uh, so very much. I have a problem in that, you know, uh, I noticed that my, I have a Nissan Sentra uh, 2017 model SR that I bought in, uh, you know, uh, 2018. And I noticed for some time that uh, the headlights are not working right, especially in the lobby. And, uh, you know, the, the one on the left side is, does not seem to go, go as far as the one on the right side. Uh, so uh, I took it to, you know, from my dealership and I looked at it and uh, they, they said, you know, uh, that I talked with both the service manager as well as the, you know, body shop repair manager. And what they concluded after looking at, uh, at the uh, pulling the hood up is that there were a couple of bolts missing from this uh, light assembly, 
at the headlight assembly, and that, that therefore they have to, they have to replace the, not only the whole thing, but they have to work on it in, in terms of replacing it. So I have to get the part, and it's going to cost me about three hundred dollars or so for the you know for replacing it. And as I understand, you know, but the part my problem was the parts guy said that originally it was five hundred dollars, about five hundred dollars, uh, and then you know when I, he said he looked at my VIN number and decided that the cost was now going to be twelve hundred dollars or more for one headlight assembly. So you know. Uh, I am at a quandary. I don't want to pay fifteen hundred dollars for replacing a headlight. So, what do you think? Do you think I can get parts for it in elsewhere? Oh and, yeah, uh, you can uh, get parts for that. I would go and get an aftermarket headlight uh, made for that vehicle, and you can get it. It's not too hard to put in. There's like four bolts that hold that headlight in. So it's not a lot of work to put that headlight in, and like I say, they're just charging for the uh, whole composite, and that you can probably get one online for maybe a hundred to two hundred dollars for the whole composite light, and then just it'll, it'll come with light bulbs and it'll plug up just like it did. Now you had to find the uh, metric bolts, but you can get those from the dealership. Just tell them what you need, and they can fix you up there. But yeah, you can get that aftermarket a lot cheaper. <clears throat> Okay, that's what. But I, here is a, qu- a question I have. This one, you know, the uh, the light bulbs uh, headlight is kind of connected to the uh, bumper or whatever that side. It's kind of a curved kind of a thing, you know. On all the four lamps, headlights as well as the rear lamp, they are kind of curved shape, and they are, you know, they, they say they are connected in the sense to the panels or you know whatever the. Uh, bumpers or something. So what they say is that they have to go in and replace, move the bumper and all, and then go in and do that. But still, I don't understand why it should cost three hundred dollars. But more than that, I can understand why it should cost twelve hundred dollars. But I like my they are and I want them to do it. I think they have a, a condition that they can only replace with the original parts from Nissan. Is that correct? Uh, no, you can take it anywhere, and they can, any body shop can replace that, and it's not going to cost you no $1,600. All they're going to do is remove the bumper back, just that cover on top of the bumper. They'll remove it, take the four bolts out, put you a new headlight in there, and just keep on going. It won't nowhere it'll cost you that much money. Huh. Take it yeah, to any body yeah. shop. <clears throat> okay. Can I, can I get it? You know, can, there's no computer that's connected with this kind of headlight thing. Is there's no computer connection. Yeah. You can do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and now, look, quick question. Where do you think I can that, that, you know, can you give some suggestions on the Internet? Or where, where can I look for a new, you know, uh, ad light, uh, either new or used one that is in good condition? Uh, you can do it with any, just get on the Internet and just uh, <laughs> Google that headlight. It'll come up and it'll give you a lot of places. Okay. Okay, that's that. I'm glad to know. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Rob. One more question. Okay, one more question I have. Somebody, you know, cut in front of me a couple of weeks ago, and in the process, you know, he he hit my left side. Even though I was going slow, I could not stop, and he hit me about you know five miles per hour or something, and so dented the front panel, uh, the bottom of it. I don't know whether it's not called a bumper anymore, uh, and uh, you know, so. 
Uh, and the panel on the left side of the headlight also is slightly in, in like one-fourth of one-eighth of an inch. So, you know, does that cause any problem? It's probably not going to cause one. no problem. I would get that fixed the same time I did the headlight. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. Our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about odometer fraud between your car repair questions. What's in the news? Well, it just got harder for car dealers to scam you. I'll tell you more next. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired instructor from Clinton High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Jermaine Flood. Well, in the news, it just got harder for car dealers to scam Scam you, new FTC regulations called the Combating Auto Retail Scams Rule, or what Coach told me earlier, CARS, just shorten that down to CARS, are supposed to make life easier for car buyers. Okay, they've announced these new regulations, and Coach, you were saying it's going to all go into effect July of 2024? Right. Okay, so this is called, again, the Combating Auto Retail Scams Rule. It's meant to stop car dealers um, from messing over customers with hidden fees and other bait-and-switch pricing tactics. Now, the agency says these predatory fees and tactics cost auto consumers in the U.S. $3.4 billion per year, and they add 72 million hours to to their time spent shopping for vehicles, according to NBC News. Now, the new rule bans misrepresentation about price, cost, and other important information when shopping for a car. It'll also require dealers to provide the actual price consumers have to pay for vehicles, tell them the additional items like extended warranties um, that aren't mandatory, and state the full monthly payments consumers will be paying up front. Do you think this is going to help, Coach? That will help. There's a lot of things out there that our uh, consumers today does not understand. They get in there, they want to buy a car, and they just get lost. Okay. Uh, they start talking about all these different fees, and they don't really know exactly what they're going to pay until the very end. They bring that contract out and says, well, sign here, and you done got two or $3,000 added to it. Mm-hmm. You know, so this this is going to help consumers mm-hmm. know exactly what they're paying for. Uh, they'll know exactly if there's any bogus add-ons on the vehicle. That's what I was going to say. So they also ban add-on items that that they're that the FTC is describing as providing no value to consumers, like duplicative warranties, um, software and auto subscriptions for vehicles that don't have the tech. Right. I can't believe they're putting that on there. Or service contracts for oil changes on EVs that don't need motor oil. So different things, <laughs> like I say, um, I think we, as consumers, we need to, really need to be aware and we really need to research what we're doing when we're buying a new car or a used car because I'm not saying all dealers do this, but there are some unscrupulous dealers that will do it and take advantage of the consumer's uh I would say, lack of knowledge of what they're doing. Yeah. So here's another one. Another provision in the new rule will prohibit dealers from trying to trick members of the military by falsely suggesting that dealerships are affiliated with the military. That's right. And, you know, even with the military, you know, dealers talking about their car can repossess. You know, there's a law out there talking about the military cars cannot be repossessed because doing if they're on, say, if they're on duty overseas and they can't get the payment in there, they can't repossess the car. There's a lot of different things there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, they they talk about they can't move them out of state from one place to the other. Well, yeah, you can move your car from one place to another. And just because it has uh, 
USS whatever on it or USA don't mean that they're associated that with they're associated uh, with anything like that with the government whatsoever. That ain't nothing but a type up. Everybody right. can type that on up. So the FTC has gotten over one hundred thousand complaints um, in the last four years from people trying to buy cars who are hit with all of these bogus products um, and services. And one of those people said she and her son were victimized by those kinds of sale tactics when she bought a car for him at a Toyota dealership in 2021. They were offered an extended warranty and turned it down, but she was concerned about the way the financing manager behaved afterward. She said she later reviewed the lease paperwork and found a charge from an extended warranty company, and the total amount that her son would finance was different on the printout paper than what they had signed on the computer, and all of a sudden, it was $4,000 more. She also confirmed that her daughter, who had bought a nearly identical car the week before and hadn't dealt with that financing manager, was paying less than her son. So after numerous phone calls, she was able to cancel the extended warranty on her son's car, but it took a lot of work, she said, and her son is stuck with higher monthly payments now over the life of the lease. Well, you know, that sort of gets us into our next part where we're going to talk about warranty scams, is that warranty scams, along with this, what you're talking about, uh, the CARS Act, is extended warranties, they start the time you buy the car. Yeah. Okay, so, well, you have a manufacturer warranty, 12,000 or 36,000 miles. Well, you really don't need a warranty because on that part because you already have the manufacturer's warranty. So, really, if you don't understand the warranty, you're, you're getting scammed on that anyway because it's taken, if, say, if you got a 100,000-mile warranty, you're really not getting a 100,000-mile warranty. You're getting a 60,000-mile warranty or a 54,000-mile, whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Because... It's enacted the day you buy the car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the miles have already already started. Have already started on that warranty. On that warranty. Right. Right. Well, I'll include a link to this story in our show's podcast description. But today we've extended our topic of discussion from odometer fraud just to car frauds um, in general. You can email questions to auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, tell me a little bit about Title washing. Well, title washing is where maybe you buy, maybe a vehicle is flooded. The insurance uh, says it's now a salvage vehicle. Okay. Okay. So the title title's no good. It can't get back on the road. So what they do, they take the title, they take it to another state, they rebuild the vehicle and get a rebuilt title. And then they get it changed, come back and get it changed back to a original title. <laughs> So you got a flooded vehicle that is salvaged. Now you're going to get a rebuilt title. Now you're going to get it back to an original title. Mm -mm. And you had to go different states had different laws on that. Mm -mm. And Mississippi is not one that you can do a salvage title and turn around and put it back on the road. That is two or three lemons in a row. Right. You got a bad car, bad title, just bad everything. Right. But oh. but in the end, the title is going to be original, like it's the original title, because yeah. they done redid the title. They went to a different state, had it retitled. and Is there a way around that or trying to figure that out? Just make sure that you investigate where that car came from. That's another thing. Know where the car came do. from. And okay. the VIN number, uh, we, we talk about uh, changing VIN numbers. <laughs> Make sure that VIN number that you got they on that. They call that VIN cloning, y'all. That's right. Make sure that VIN number that's on that title is the same VIN number on that car. And you can find that VIN number right below the windshield on the left side. They can't remove that VIN number plate. 
Right underneath the glass. Right underneath the glass. Look down. Make sure those VIN numbers match. So guess where I found my VIN number in my Mazda um, CX-3? Well, there's, there's, you know, I think a couple. But usually sometimes they're in the door on that sticker. Mm -hmm. They're in the window, like you say. But then I went to my passenger side seat. On the floorboard, there's this little flap. And I opened the flap, and there was my VIN number right there, too. Well, what what was happening there is that manufacturers started, started putting VIN numbers all over the car. And the reason why is people were stealing <gasps> oh, okay. VIN numbers. They were, they were destroying the VIN number, and now they are all over the car. They were even putting them in the glass. Just so you could be able to find your correct VIN right. number. When or the, oh, when the people number. stowed the car, stuff like that, mm-hmm. they could find that, that VIN number and know where it came from. Oh, that's why there's a VIN number on my floorboard right. underneath plastic. That's right. <laughs> Talk a little bit about curb stoning. You know, curb stoning, like I said earlier, that is where you take a vehicle, a Maybe a, a dealership has a whole bunch of cars, and you know in Mississippi you had to have license to be a dealer. Mm-hmm. If you sell so many cars, you had to have a license. And so what they do, they put them on Trader Joe, they put them on Marketplace, they put them all over the place. And what they'll do, they'll have these cars sitting out in different places. And that's what you were saying earlier. Right, you think it's from a individual, but it's really not from an individual. It is from a dealership. Uh. That has these cars, these used cars out there, and you may not know anything about them. You're thinking you're buying it from an individual, and okay, you're so you're thinking you're buying it from an individual, or you're really buying it from a dealership. But in my, you know, brain, I think for the dealership, let's just say if you were on the up and up, and you curb curbed, let's not say stoned behind it, but you curbed a car to bring people to your dealership. Is that okay? No, you wouldn't. Be there. You would not. Uh, that's what you pay license for. Is that's called a, advertisement. Yeah. Well, you would have a lot where those cars would be. You would not have them all over the place. Okay. And you wouldn't be advertising in Trader Joe and uh, all these different places. Uh, Don't do what I said, everybody. Marketplace. Don't do what I said. You know, and that's another thing, uh, as you're talking about on the Cars Act, that is where you know, so many people go in there and they the dealer first says, well, what are you trying to get your monthly payments down to? Okay, well, you say, I'm trying to get them down to 500 You uh-huh. didn't ask them the price of the car. Yeah. You said, what am I trying to get the payment down to? That's what the dealer asked you. Yeah, that's what they want to know. So all he's going to do is going to go in there. He's going to try to get you that payment. It may be for 72 months. It may be for 84 months. Uh-huh. But he got that payment down. That's what they had to do for me because yeah. I'm stuck on that payment. Well... <laughs> Well, you don't need to buy a car by monthly payments because sorry, it I'm goes, sorry. It goes for they could take you and have you strung way out. Okay, another scam that the dealership uses is selling you a vehicle that is really not within your budget, and they're stretching it out. No, you okay. can't get me on that one. I, okay. I know the bottom line. Well, see, there's a lot of people who don't know the bottom line. I know the bottom line. And they just buy a car because the dealership says, oh, yeah, you can afford this. Well, next thing you know, you're upside down in this vehicle yeah. and you can't afford it. Yeah. You know, so that's another one of the uh, dealer tactics if yeah. it's at the dealer or any automotive place. And um, you just need to be careful of what is on that bottom line when you sign that contract. Make sure you have studied it. Make sure you know exactly what you're paying for. And so that's one of those things there. So when you're looking at the title, white works in the title, if the odometer has been turned back, uh, there's if the uh, if the warranty, if they're giving you a standard warranty, selling you a standard warranty mm-hmm. on all of this, you got to know how to use it 
and when somebody's trying to scam you. That's right. Make sure you know that. Well, that is how it all happens, and we want to stay clear of all of that. We're discussing odometer fraud and taking your car repair questions. I see you out there, Julius and Terry. We'll get to you right after the break. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up and Coach's Tip of the Week. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. The vehicle I'm driving this week was complete overkill for the Thanksgiving holiday, but I did like driving it anyway. It's a 2023 Ford F-150 Raptor R. This is the jacked up, off-road ready truck, ready for Baja. It's got the big fat off-road tires on it. It looks really cool. I like the Raptor graphics on the outside and the black grille. Inside, nice big comfortable seats, heated and ventilated up front, suede, heated in the back, heated leather up steering wheel, 12-inch touchscreen, and a nice big instrument cluster as well. Underneath the hood, though, this is where it gets fun. You've got a 700 horsepower, 5.2-liter supercharged V8, 10-speed transmission, and you've got a selectable all-wheel drive system. A very cool truck. And those big fat tires and those off-road shocks also help it ride pretty well. Gas mileage, not bad. 10 miles per gallon in the city, 15 on the highway. So let's talk about price, because that's a little extreme, too. starts about $77,000. This one all in, $109,740. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, listen to the whole show from autocorrect.mpbonline.org. We're heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with the replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. And after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. I'm Jermaine Flood. Our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. And it's time for his tip of the week. Well, you know, we're talking about scams. We started with odometers. We went to uh, dealerships. So we've been all over the place. But do your research. There's many ways that you can tell if the odometer has been changed. Get a technician. Make sure they can look at that vehicle and give you great advice. Yep. Make sure you do that. Let's hit the phone lines. We've got Julius and Purvis on the line. He's got a 2004 Corona um, odometer. I almost said it again. Um, comment. Julius, you're on with Coach Charlie. <laughs> Look, I have a 2004 Corolla that I bought new, and it turned to 299999 and stopped. Why would a manufacturer do that? Hmm. Well, it just stopped at 299 It doesn't go any further? It doesn't go any further. It has two trip meters, and they still work. But the uh, the odometer itself is stopped at 299999 I'm just wondering if there's something wrong with the cluster itself, because a lot of times, uh, just like mine, I have a uh, 2000 Toyota Corolla, and it has 388,000 miles on it, and it's steady going. It shouldn't cha- it shouldn't stop going until it turns over back to one. So there's well, I was told by 
some people at Toyota that they made some of them like that. I can't figure out why they would do that, though. No, because it's it's beyond mechanical uh uh, limitations anyway if you put that on the title it would be beyond limitations on the uh, mechanical part of it anyway I don't, I've don't. i never seen that happen I'd always seen them just turn unless something's wrong with the cluster well I, I would like to know I, it's got probably 320,000 miles by now but it's kind of aggravating to, for it to stop there and not go any further well I'm going to check on that for you I'm going to look and see if there's some uh, uh, did Toyota make something like that Okay, I appreciate it. Appreciate you, you, Julius. We've got one minute. We're going to stay on the phone lines. Let's go to Terry in Gulfport. He's got a car battery comment. Terry, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, good morning, guys. I'm kind of an older guy, and I've got a comment about scams. (laughs) I've probably bought 50 or 60 batteries in my lifetime, and every time I have gone one of these major auto uh, parts shops, I'm not going to mention any names, they put the little gizmo uh, on my battery, and it's always said, bad battery. <laughs> I've never had one say it's another problem. <laughs> Is there only one readout on that thing that says bad battery? <laughs> well, it seems like that it happens every time. But what do we do on that battery? Just make sure somebody loads tested. Don't always take it to an auto parts store. Just have it load tested and make sure that battery's good. Okay. One other quick question. I know you're running out of time here. I have an older model, 2005 Ford Freestar 4.2. Um Every time I get a heavy rain, it just won't start. It just click, click, clicks like the battery is dead. Is something leaking or not connected right? Well, it sounds like the starter, it sounds like the starter relay itself may be getting water on it. So check that starter relay. It's right up there by the firewall on that one, I do believe. All right. Terry, thank you so much for your phone call. That'll wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Coach, we didn't get to the little black box, the low-balling, the mechanical scams. We do that every week, but we we enjoy ourselves. We'll get that that another day. Next week, it's undercarriage maintenance. That'll wrap us up. Show engineer Abram Nanny, call screener, I think, Will Pickering and Charles Arnold are in there for Coach Charlie Melton, master technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Terry, we didn't get to you. You need to call us next week. Thanks for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.